1: The Westwood One Podcast Network. Aim never quit radio. Alright everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Opening a certificate from Navy Federal Credit Union is a great way to grow your savings for goals like paying for college or a down payment on a new home. Just imagine all the possibilities. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash save. Federally insured by NCUA. What's going on, Team Never Quit? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. My name's Andrew, joined today by Melanie. And we're doing things different because we're still in this, you know, coronavirus social lockdown thing. And we actually recorded this episode a few weeks back, and we're doing our intros and outros now virtually via Zoom. So if it doesn't sound the clearest, it's because we're doing things remotely and doing our parts to to stay safe. But uh, today we've got someone super special to us, Taya Kyle. Melanie, are you as excited as I am?
2: Yes, I am. Uh, Taya is one of my dearest friends. She's like a sister to me, and um, I truly love her. I love that she got to come down. I would have never in a million years thought that a few days later, the whole world would turn inside out. I mean, what's happened since I saw her just a few weeks ago is crazy, but I'm so glad that she got the chance to come down and and record this. And it's a great episode.
1: It really Really. is. And this, you you have probably heard Taya speak. You've probably written some of the beautiful words she writes on her social media account, but I'll tell you right now, This interview, she talks about some things that I've never heard her share before, and it's just a beautiful message that that she shares this week, and I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Before we jump into Taya's interview, we got a Patreon question today from Kurt, and Kurt says, I know that it might be against the law to answer this in Texas, but I will ask anyways, if you had to live any place else in the world but Texas, where would you live?
2: So... Marcus and I have talked about this a lot. The only place I've ever considered living other than Texas, I was born in Louisiana. So I've thought about living in Louisiana and Hawaii. Problem is Marcus hates Hawaii. He cannot stand really <laughs> Hawaii. So that's absolutely out of the question, but he can't stand it. His time he served there. I mean, I get it. That was the, you know, what, what happened when he went to war, when he was stationed there was the worst account of his life. So just brings back bad memories from him. Um, but for me, I think it's such a beautiful place. And, um, even bringing it back to like, to Red Wing, uh, which happened when Marcus was stationed in Hawaii. Um, They've done a beautiful job with uh, honoring the guys there. There's a beautiful park named after Red Wing and um, they've got memorials and it's, it's just with and without the whole military thing. I just, I love it. I think it's a beautiful place and I can feel God there. Like it's just one of those natural beauty that, I don't know, it brings out a spiritual side to me. I like it.
1: I've never been to Hawaii. I'm gonna when, when Marcus the Marcus would never live anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, he, Texas, Texas through and through, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, he, I we've talked about it multiple times, and he's like, "Nope, Texas, it is."
1: That's awesome. I wouldn't mind living in somewhere like you know Wyoming or Montana, where it's just super, super beautiful. I like the mountains, but um, I've never been to Hawaii. So maybe when the yeah. world resumes as normal, I'll have to check it out.
2: Yeah, it's it's a place that everybody's got to see once. And there's so many different islands too, like in Hawaii that they're all very different. So go
1: explore. Thanks so much for your question. If you guys want exclusive access to the show and bonus behind the scenes content, you should make sure you join us on Patreon. You get exclusive access to behind the scenes content, access to the Patreon community, where you can support others like yourself. And you get rare access to Morgan, Marcus, all of our incredible guests. We also do bonus episodes there. So if you've, if you wanted to kind of hear some of the behind the scenes stories and things like that, we share them on Patreon. You can join us there at patreon.com slash team never quit. Let's get to that interview with Taya. All right, guys, I got to show some love to one of our podcast sponsors, Fiverr.com. If you never heard of Fiverr.com before, you're missing out. Basically, they connect you with freelance talent. And sometimes when it comes to accomplishing a project, like putting on a podcast, there's a lot of moving parts, show artwork, editing, you name it. And doing that by yourself can be really, really tough. That's where Fiverr comes in. These guys connect you with hundreds of thousands of freelancers who offer tons of digital services. They got things like graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, so much more. And there's a lot of funny stuff on there too. Like just jump on Fiverr.com right now, I promise you. You can just browse there for days, and the things that you can get for $5 are pretty awesome. We actually had an illustration done of myself, Morgan, and Marcus for our YouTube cover. So if you want to check that out, go to YouTube.com, search Team Never Quit Podcast. You can actually look at our illustration of myself, Morgan, and Marcus that we had done. And we got that done for no more than 30 bucks, and we had it done in a week. It was crazy. The cool thing about the Fiverr website is it's easy to kind of search exactly for what you're looking for. You can kind of pick the person based on price, the number of reviews they have, even the timeline of how fast you need something done. They're really, really awesome. All you have to do is go to Fiverr.com. They're going to hook you up with 10% off your first order. You can use our code TNQ. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place. That's F I. V E R R dot com code TNQ again, that's fiverr dot com code TNQ.
2: I wanted to ask you something, and then I think I know the answer, so okay. maybe not. There's been a movie made with mm-hmm. you portrayed in it. Before that ever happened, if you wanted to have someone play you, who would you have wanted?
0: Okay. So that's a great question. And when I, Clint Eastwood actually asked me that question and I was like, man, I never really think about it. But if I, it has crossed my mind once in a while. Right. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was like, Sandra Bullock is the person that I think of, right? Because she's the girl next door. She can be goofy. She can be serious. She can be like gentle and loving that kind of thing. And so I felt like that was a dynamic and he's like, Okay, well, um, <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's not a... He's like, well, first of all, this is like, at the time, we are going to have to have a much younger Taya than she was, and uh she's also very expensive for a film, yeah. right? Like, she's so... Yeah, it wasn't going But gonna she's work.
2: so good.
0: She is good. But so it probably would have competed.
2: When the when... The filming was going on, and yeah. you and I were texting about this, and you had texted me someone, and I, at the time, didn't know who it was, and I had to Google them, and it was someone that you thought would be good for you, Okay. and every time I see her now, yeah. I think of you. Who is it? Anna Kendrick.
0: Oh, that's because a lot of people think that. they. Yes. I hear that a lot, yes. And I, I mean, like
2: looks and in personality-wise, mm-hmm. on film, yeah. is a lot like
0: you. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I could have. We're doing the American Wife. It looks like anyway, sort of a made-for-TV film oh, kind of fun. series thing or whatever. If if I if, in a perfect world, I'm really hopeful. I'd like to do, sort of a series with other wives. I mm-hmm. think it'd be super fascinating to show their stories in yeah, a similar fashion. That'd be awesome. I mean, I've kind of. It'll be unique no matter how we do it, and it'll be good. But mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see who they pick for that. I haven't even really thought about it yet. Oh my but gosh. She'd be good, probably.
2: Anna Kendrick has to be you. Okay. Yeah. If do you have a, a
0: connection, no.
2: <laughs> but anyone who has a connection, to Anna, <laughs> Anna Kendrick, Kendrick <laughs> please call in. I mean, even in her Hilton commercials, I see her and I'm like, that's Taya. Okay. I need to that Google is, that. Yeah. How about
0: when she sings? Is that what you,
2: is that what you see? <laughs> Why are you laughing, Melanie? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure you uh-huh. and I sound the same when yeah, we're mm-hmm. singing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yep. Um, that's funny. Okay, so do y'all have a
0: Mad Minute question?
1: What's the craziest fashion trend you've ever rocked?
0: Oh my gosh. Okay, so in high school, I had these Converse, but they were a special edition Batman. So they were black Converse high tops with yellow like insignias all over them with the bat in them. I don't know that that's crazy, but that stands out as one of my favorites. I was on the fence if I should even give them away. Um but you know, I've I've done I feel like I've done pretty much all of the I've taken all those opportunities <laughs> to be adventurous you have in my fashion. Oh, I've done the high ratted up bangs. Not super high. I wouldn't say like, like 80s white rain. Film. Not definitely not white <laughs> rain. No, I wasn't that that far out of the the box. But I feel like I like to do you know what I really wanna do is I love hats. I'm a hat freak, but they have these hats now that it's like a top hat. But for a woman and they're, like, black and really cool and velvety. I'm going to have to show you a picture. But I, I keep thinking I'm on the verge of rocking that thing. Oh, my gosh. I'm just gosh. thinking the, the outfit will be really subdued, but it'll just be, like, all about the hat and oh some boots. funny. Yeah.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Uh, I'm gonna, I'll am have to send you a picture.
2: So one thing, because I think a lot of – we're like in a lot of ways, yes. but so opposite in, in a lot of ways, too. And I don't one want of to be the, opposite of you. What am I opposite One about? of the things that we are so opposite about is you love –
0: pranks and do you pranks. like
2: to be scared and to scare people
0: yeah well uh, true I don't love to be scared but I do like to scare other people I
2: absolutely hate uh-huh. to be like it makes me it's really probably the only thing that will make me very angry. That's
0: a good... I'm, I'm logging <laughs> that in. Okay, that's
2: good. I mean, very angry. Yeah. Not funny angry. It's like, I will be very angry. Yeah. I don't like to be scared or pranked.
0: Yeah. And um, You're like, not the angry where everybody laughs. It's yeah, No. Like, angry this where everybody is gets like, the hell out of my yeah, house. Yeah, and I'm not going to talk to them ever again. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah, no. That's, it's, that's really serious. It's real
2: serious. But I remember you telling me, I think it was April Fool's Day. Oh, gosh. Um, the like a couple of months after um we all lost Chris yeah. and you did some prank on the family and I don't even remember what it was but I'm oh. like holy shit. Yes. How can she What's your favorite prank you've ever pulled?
0: Okay, there's there the thing is I am not good with dates and so it oftentimes sneaks up on me and um probably the most elaborate one I did is because I worked for this boss when I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We worked at the newspaper and we had these cubicles whatever. And I was friends so she was my boss and I was friends with her boss. And so I went to him and I said, "Listen, we're thinking of this elaborate prank. Are you in?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely, right?" And she was one of those bosses who <clears throat> feisty, spunky, blonde cute, tea, you know, but she was just she was on fire and some people loved her and some people felt like She was a little bit abrasive to her, but she played elaborate pranks on other people, which kind of got me thinking ahead of time. So we were in sales and my friend and I went to the liquor store and we bought a bunch of those little liquor bottles. And then he called, so her boss, his name is Michael, called her in for a meeting so that she was out of her little area. And we took these half empty bottles and we hid them all over her, um, you know, in her files and in her drawers or purse, you know, and all this (laughs) stuff. Right. And so he goes in, (laughs) she goes in and he says, Kathy, I, I am sorry, but you know, I've gotten reports. People say that they smell alcohol on your breath while you're working. And I think we have a little bit of an issue here. And she starts. she goes, what are you kidding me? Right. And she's like, I'll call HR right now. You know, he's like, no, 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 let's just, I believe you. I think just to cover my own, you know, but if I can just go take a peek in your office, give it the all clear, we'll move on. And she goes, "Yeah, absolutely." So we're all sitting at our desks, and she goes stomping by. Right, she's a big person. Stomping by around the corner to her desk, and so he starts looking. Well, she's a little bit shorter, and you can just hear go, "You know what?" And she's starting to get you know whatever. And so we had to peek over the top a little bit to point just barely, you know. But she was so so where the bottles were. So eventually, he he opens a drawer and he goes, "Oh." Kathy, and he pulls out like one or two that are half empty oh, or whatever. And she goes, gosh. you know what? You can take this job. And she throws her pencil against <laughs> the wall. And we were like, uh, April Fools. Like we popped oh, over the top, God. you know, we were cracking up. But I was, I mean, it's like one of those jokes that was good until it was almost not yeah, good. Where she was like, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But then the other ones are just like that is probably so um. I'll tell you one more that was with my neighbor. This is the one after Chris died that it's the day snuck up on me. And one of my friends, I told him that this property they were looking at <laughs> in town to build this house and they had looked forever. He's like obsessive about it. And I was like, Oh, Hey, did you hear? And he's like, what? They were at my house. And I was like, you didn't hear about the neighborhood. And he goes, no, I said, Oh my gosh, I don't want to be the one to break it to you, but there was a fire. And he's like, what? And I said, I'm pretty sure your lot is gone. Like it's like oh it burned gosh. out, you know, like it's, and he goes, Oh my gosh, I didn't hear that. And I said, you i would call your realtor she probably knows like it's been all over the news or whatever so he calls the realtor oh
2: my (laughs) gosh he's
0: like hey hey what's going on with my property like what about the fire like what do i you know whatever and she's like what what and as he's doing it, i'm cracking up and laughing i'm like april fools and he's like oh oh okay all right looks like you know just stupid stuff like that um (laughs) and then okay the last one and then i'll stop but see you got me on a topic that i love um there was the disgust people think it's really bad the one i did against chris when he was alive do you know that one about what I got the kids. Mind you, this guy scared me all the time. Okay, yeah. Chris scared me all the time. So this was a revenge.
2: Uh-huh. I okay. think you told me this let's okay so like it was
0: a last minute thing too and i told the kids i'm like listen i'm gonna mommy's gonna lay on the, mommy's gonna lay on the floor and i put my legs like where he could see him if he came around the corner i said oh, go wake oh up daddy gosh. don't laugh and say daddy mommy hit her head and she's she's bleeding <laughs> oh in the kitchen <laughs> it's so sick i don't know anyways they pulled it off perfectly he comes running out you know in, in his boxers and just like slides around the corner like oh my god babe and he like comes over and i like I just turn over and I start laughing and I make mean, oh He's like, "Y'all are sick." He's like, "You're <laughs> a sick, you're a sick woman," you know. And I was, so yeah, I don't know, all kinds of things. I pranked somebody that there was a weirdo at my house, and he dropped lunch with everybody and was panicked finding his car to get home. Oh my gosh. Just, that is. So I don't know. I, my jokes are really cruel, though. I think they're really. I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to hear myself, and they're really not nice. So I'm glad to know that you don't like. To i be scared in general and then hate I hate yeah. to be scared yeah. but
2: I think it's funny that you like to be scared sort of sort I of. would never scare you mm-hmm, but right. I think your stories are funny
0: If you scared me I would probably poop my pants because it would be so unexpected you're like this angelic healer and then if the healer scares you you're screwed right like it means the universe has gone off its axis right and we're all in a big big way yeah my my daughter used to do that to me she used to hide behind doors because she was trying to make me laugh after chris died but i was already so edgy oh my god! and she would hide behind doors and do it and i finally was like you cannot scare mommy now. Yeah, I know stop. it's funny, but like now is not the time. Yeah. She was like, okay, hey, mommy, I'm sorry. I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. There'll be a day where you can Sweetheart. make me pee my pants. But, oh yeah. my gosh.
2: Axe and Addie love to scare me
0: they, oh. and it drives
2: me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> right,
0: which is why they like But to I'm very
2: it. observant. So I usually catch them yes. right before, you know, I know it's coming, uh-huh. but I still don't like it. And I'm like,
0: Ugh. Okay, so.
2: And now they tell on each other. Like the other day, uh-huh. Addie was planning to scare me, and Axe came running up to me, and he whispered, Addie's
0: around the corner. Yeah.
2: And I'm like, okay. And so I pretended like I was scared. Oh, that was nice so of you. So I gave her, very nice her thrill. Yes. Yes. Um, but So yeah. wait till
0: they get older, because my son one time, he went on a belly crawl into the bedroom, under the bed, up around behind the headboard. Oh, my god! <laughs> scared my mother out of her freaking mind. Oh, my gosh. Which was pretty amazing. But Yeah.
2: I, so that reminds me of a story Marcus and Morgan have with yeah. each other. I think it was Marcus that hid, but they had a waterbed yeah. that they shared.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, I think this is how the story goes. Marcus was laying, um, laying what do you call that? Yeah, yeah. Like sideways. Okay. Uh-huh. And um, underneath the pillows. So he, but this was when they were in like high school and yeah. he was little bitty and he could fit underneath uh-huh. the pillows mm-hmm. with the blankets pulled over. Amazing. And Morgan came in to go to sleep, and Marcus jumped like crap. Awesome.
0: awesome. <laughs> and scared the living so shit that, out yeah, of Yeah, so that was probably a little bit of a tangle for a little while in the room. But I picture that. And I think it's oh so God, funny. Amazing. I love other people, yeah. know, other stories, but not... I feel like I want them to reenact that somehow. Your beds are bigger. Yeah. You know, the guides are bigger. They really should. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little bit of a different
2: <laughs> situation since they're both
0: trained like really well now. Yeah. Might have to have some paramedics around. I don't know. Um.
2: Okay, so I think we have a question from Patreon? Do we?
1: We do. Randy asks if you were to do the State of the Union address, you are going to be the president. What would the topics be that you choose?
0: Mm, that's a really good question for the State of the Union address. I don't know. Look, I'm going to come at this from a parenting point of view. I would start talking about how we respect people. <laughs> you know, I would talk about um, really if we want to be leaders, mm-hmm. we need to. Act with some decorum in, you know, in the Capitol and with these meetings and try to set better examples. I mean, that's the parent in me, probably. I, I really think that there should be term limits all the way around for all mm-hmm. of these people. So I know that the State of the Union would not be the time to do it. But that if I think of the things that I would really like to shed light on, it would mm-hmm. be that. Um, like I would Pelosi's obviously do some- out banned for life yeah <laughs> like banned she's gone. for life yeah. yeah, I don't even think the Democrats like her I really think she's like a mafia boss yeah. I don't I, there's something <laughs> that she's got to hold or something on everybody because they're embarrassed by it right. so something's not right there yeah. I don't mean, know what it is you know I'll do respect with whatever she's doing to stay there but yeah um yeah, and I would do some. I would change definitely some things about the military and and so forth. So if I could do those changes and then make the address to mm-hmm. you know say it all, but I don't know. Right now, I don't know. I think I would just give people hope that the economy is good and I would be celebrating that. And I would talk about how we need to come together, mm-hmm. and it's okay for us to have differing opinions. But what I would look at what we could celebrate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are going really well right now, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. I mean, if I was going to have some people stand up, I think I would really celebrate all the legal immigrants that we have coming to this country. Mm-hmm. I think it's super cool and I have no idea why we don't pay more attention to that, but I would have a total celebration about the numbers of people who are going through our process to be here legally because yeah. it's it's amazing. That's why we're still the melting pot. It happens every day, mm-hmm. but we don't talk about it. We're just so focused on people who are illegally here as if that's the issue. So, um and I'm not trying to get into that issue. I'm just saying it almost is presented in a way that negates the fact that we do have people coming into the country every day. Yeah. They're here legally, citizens. It's great. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good point. A lot of people don't know you pre 2013. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I've been blessed with getting to know you and your family and everybody. And I just, I love hearing about you and your growing up and yeah. um, you going off to college and just being adventurous and taking risk, And if you will, just tell the listeners a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that because I do think when I look back, I was definitely a weird mix of adventurous and sort of fearful about certain things, but definitely more adventurous and willing to risk in spite of any fear in order to have some of those thrills. And I grew up in Oregon, which I loved. And I, I look back now and I think what a blessing it was to have such diverse group of people around me, artists. I think I love the beauty of it, but I also feel like I was never... And even when I was growing up there, which is weird because I was born there, I didn't feel like I was supposed to be there. And it was just rainy and gray a lot of the year And I, for whatever reason. So I, I left when I was 18 and I've never lived there since. I do like going back to visit and I love going in the summer, but I went to school in Wisconsin and, you know, I had a lot of actually really hard experiences in high school. I was suicidal in high school, which I don't think people who know me would know that even. I'm not even sure if my best friends knew it. Um, and I, you know, I look back and I know exactly why. And there were, I didn't know how to stand up for myself and I cared for people deeply. And so I got roped into some things that, were looking back pretty emotionally abusive, but I didn't realize it because I was just... So I'm very protective of my own kids that way where, you know, I, I actually, you know, I took your advice of giving them incentive not to date anyone seriously through high oh school. I'll take gosh. them on a dream trip. I tell everybody that. It's <laughs> the most awesome. amazing thing ever. It gives them the out, right? Mm-hmm. So it gives them an incentive to take care of themselves and figure out who they are before they start taking care of somebody else. That was the big trap for me is I was able to take care of somebody else, but I negated... The opportunity I I missed the opportunity to take care of myself and figure out what that was like. So college was an extension of that. I was you know dating the same guy that looking back it was harmful with his family too. It wasn't mm-hmm. you know just him. It was a whole situation and his family had their own dysfunction and all this stuff. But looked like the perfect family from the outside, which is a mind screw. So those were hard years. And then when I went to school in Wisconsin, I thought I always have this tendency to think I'm going to go on this great adventure and it's going to be amazing. And I feel like something in my life is almost destined to say no. And that's true for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. We all suffer. But I've really been surprised at how horrible some things have been along the way
2: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
0: And yet looking back, I also realized that I love that I got to experience that then, get it out of the way. And now I'm who I am. And I, mm-hmm. I've i learned a lot. But yeah, I graduated with economics and business, uh, major in economics, minor in business. And then I went to work right away and loved it. I couldn't wait to get out of college and go to work. I was so ready to be out in the world doing things. And so my interests like psychology and stuff like that, to do what I wanted to do, I would have had to stay in longer and I find that fascinating because the things that you're interested in, you kind of always are. Mm -hmm. So I'm still interested. I don't have my doctorate in psychology, but I still am all about that world, right? And then after that, I just thought my mom would always say, you're going to move to Wisconsin and you're never going to come home. People stay where they're, she can be fatalistic about things where Mm -hmm. they go to college. And so I I definitely heard that and wanted to make sure she wasn't right. And so (laughs) I, after I worked a couple of years, I moved out to Southern California. and What brought you there? So my mom grew up in Pasadena, Southern California, and then I have some family in Orange County. And I actually, I wanted the LA experience too. So I moved to Long Beach and I thought growing up, going, spending a lot of our summers down there, I loved it. And we had family there and it felt very natural, but I also just thought it was something I should do in life. Like I should have that opportunity. I still think Mm -hmm. there's got to be a time when I'm in New York for a while because I also want to be, I don't know if I have to live there, but spend a few months maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, So I definitely still have that adventurous sense like I know you have you've traveled the world and I would love to do that at some point do more of it Mm -hmm. which you've introduced me to a lot of cool places but yeah it was um it was a long painful road and then I I think that when I'm you know when I met Chris it was a different kind of adventure and a different kind of pain and joy and it's continued to be that but really the joy with him and the love the way that he was able to love is extraordinary to me still and you know, there's a way that it naturally lives on in our kids, which is super cool to see. But I don't know of another man who loves the way that he loves, and I, maybe I just don't know them that intimately, right? I, I mean, I don't know them that intimately, but I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I know people well and I get into their psyche and stuff. But mm-hmm. he had a unique way of doing that, and I think, I mean, I don't want to get too sad about it, but it would be, I think, if Marcus, God forbid, something happened, I think that would be the same for you because there's mm-hmm. something different about the way that he loves and the way that he loves you in particular is it's unlike anything you have experienced
2: like people that are really good friends with him they will all say oh he loved me he you know i know i know his love but it's like Mm, no you really don't you don't Unless you're laying your head next to him mm-hmm. at night and yeah. having those babies with him yep. and experiencing life yeah. at all ups and downs, you don't know.
0: Yeah, it's true. And and the way that I mean, just to the things that I see from the outside, the the seriousness that he takes his love for you is I think part of what if people are watching, they can tell, right? It's there's nothing to, really too big or too small it's a respect cherish thing he has both of those things for you he also loves to put you up on that pedestal right and serve and be romancing you and i don't know it's just an interesting it's an interesting mix and like you said there's it's obvious that even though you both coexist really well that there is so much depth that nobody gets to see which Mm -hmm. is i think what it also indicates how special it is so yeah. yeah so you get it i think that's the um and that was the, definitely the thing that I had to grow the most. That and children really are the two. And I've had a lot of crappy things that I've grown from, but he was he was the game changer.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's the person that I changed for. And I think I knew that there probably isn't anybody else. I used to laugh at them and say there's nobody else that could have put up with me. You know, nobody else is strong enough to be with me. Uh, but I think there was nobody else that was the right mix of things to make me see how I could be better. Mm-hmm. And want to be better for it, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's okay. I That's cry. Right. I love I, the funny thing is I was reading self help books from like high school. I love to develop, but it's a different way when you really mm-hmm. truly love somebody and you're you're ready to have your soul forged for right. that person is different than just being better and developing yourself. You know,
2: one of my favorite things I've ever seen about Chris was the home video that you shared. Yeah, um, I'm gonna cry. And the, um, sorry. The people that listen to this podcast have to think, like, Melanie's the biggest pussy. Uh, No,
0: you are. Ball my eyes out. Because you're, like, straight steel as far as strong. You're like steel magnolias, right? You're the soft and the strong.
2: (laughs) Um, But he's sitting on the bathroom floor reading a book to uh, y'all's son, and it was just. sweetest thing and you could really feel just by watching that itty bitty clip you know you can feel his love yeah and especially i'm an empath so Mm -hmm. i can see something and immediately feel that right and that i don't know what it was 30 second clip that i saw i was like gosh he he loves hard
0: he does he loves big and you know it's interesting because you are an empath which is also why this podcast is good because you feel and you can you're an amazing communicator and storyteller. I've always loved that about you. So I would I would say that's part of what makes you so amazing and strong is that emotion. <laughs> the that video was before he went on deployment and there was an idea people had read books to your kids so that they can read along with you. And so he did it. He was almost not going to do it. I think it was like the night before he left and And then he decided to do it, but we put the video camera up there on a tripod and walked out so that he could just have that time to do it. But it ended up being this really prophetic, sad thing, and Chris didn't think he was going to come home from that deployment. And so when he was reading to him, it was hard, and I remember him coming down the stairs afterwards, and I could just tell there was such a heaviness in his heart. And he says something at the end of that video, like, um, just save her one more book, buddy, because I think you might... I think he says something like, I think you might want this someday if I'm gone or something like that. And I was Mm. like, it was just so, but it's so beautiful. And it was calm, patient, that Mm -hmm. heaviness that you felt was, yeah, it was like that gentleness Mm -hmm. in such a way that is uh, all encompassing. You felt really, and that was something about him that I, I was so attracted to because as strong and tough as he was, he had this way that was so maybe that's the word. Maybe it's just all encompassing um, gentleness. Mm -hmm. It was like a spirit. It wasn't like gentle. It's like something that it's almost like a spirit that wraps you up and says, you're okay. Like you're cared for, you know? Mm -hmm. I remember even in the beginning when I'd get a little feisty or something and he'd come up behind me and just put his hand on my back and say, babe, I don't want to fight with you. What, What can we do? But it was, I could never redo it the way he did it. Cause it's something with the strong hand and the presence of this funny guy who's gregarious and all this other stuff that he just stops and like wraps you up in this spirit and then it just felt like everything's okay and you're like yeah okay do you still feel that you know I used to feel it a lot and um I block it because it it makes me sad but it's just that I miss it and there's a um somebody got me this music box there was that song Josh Groban you lift me up and right after he died, I kept feeling like he was still lifting me up and like helping me go. And there was a, a time when I had this dream. Oh my gosh, Melanie, it was like the worst and most beautiful dream, but it was so powerful. I couldn't shake it for a while. And I, but I, I went into heaven and he was sitting in this thing. It was kind of like a dugout and there was a young girl next to him and I, I was like, I went in saying, I just want to look at you. Like, I just want to see your face. Cause I'm, I don't let myself absorb his face too much because it hurts. So the pictures I have that I know are there, I do it. If I see a new one, I can feel a little bit and I just go, it's cool. I'm just, you know, I just, I manage it. But there was something in me that just wanted to really take in his face. And so he was in this dugout and he looked at me and, and I knew he was there for her and she was like 13 or something. And he, he just he he like looked at me in this calm way like go ahead and take it in. And so I did. And then he he every once in a while he'd look over my shoulder at something just just barely and then come back. So I thought there was maybe something going on behind me. Anyway, he let me do it for a long time and then she got up and I, he he told her something he said you are you're dead. And she said, "I don't want to be dead." And then she like fell on the ground and she was crying and it was like he was helping her pass and saying it's okay and then I was like we have to do something we have to help her and I'm like and for whatever reason in my dream like her body was there and he goes it's okay and I said I can we bury her like can we do something like I can't just leave her here and so he just sort of indulged me was like we can if you want to that's not it doesn't matter like she's you know and then and then he laid down next to me we're in this grass and he laid down, and he just let me put my head on his chest, and I laid there for the longest time, and it was like everything felt like it was, like I could breathe, and it was good, and I was so happy, and then he said, he goes, babe, I gotta go, and I was like, oh, please don't go, you know, and I just, but I didn't say that, that's what I felt, but I knew he was giving me more than, you know, like he was, I was getting a gift, and so I just was on my knees, and and I sat, you know, on my knees on the grass. And I, still, I just looked at him with tears rolling down my face like it was an understanding. Like I knew. And he had given me a gift at that time. And then he was walking away. And he looked back and, and um, he said, Babe, or I said, What did I say? I said, um, I don't know if I, I think I was just crying. Yeah, I don't think I said anything. I think it was a feeling. And he goes, um, I'll see you soon. And he goes, It's a minute in eternity it's just a minute I'll see you in a minute and I was like just sad. there understanding and like he just he put on these sunglasses and like just walked off and I was like oh god you know but I think there was a part of me that was like I needed to I needed to have that time and realize that I don't get it again but like have it one more time and like absorb it and let him walk away and, um, you know, I think it was, I think it was good. I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's telling me it's time for me to do this on my own, but I don't know if I feel that way anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know. Cause I still yeah. feel like sometimes he's around. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I've only shared that dream with a couple of people, but it was so powerful that I can't, I mean, I almost, sometimes I almost wonder like, did I get a spiritual experience or did I just yeah, I just, it's so powerful. I can't, I'm overwhelmed whenever I think, I don't think about it much because it just, it's big. Who do you think that little girl was? My impression, it was like, I remember she had this red hair and thick glasses and choppy hair, and it almost seemed like she was, I hate to say, I, I felt a sadness for her. Like, she was almost went through this world for 13 years being just kind of ignored or not acknowledged and so it felt like he was sitting with her for a little bit just to give her some time before she had to know that she was dead like she just kind of was sitting there going like she didn't know but he was just being patient with her and then I mean it was definitely nobody I recognized and I didn't think it was anybody he knew before and when he was looking over my shoulder, I felt like there was stuff that was going on that he was knowing he had a job to do, knowing he had something he had to be doing, but wanted to give me that time. Like He's still the protector. Yeah. And that he was like helping somebody else transition from maybe an unexpected death. So she was like 13, 14, something in there. And it was like, it was just like, he was just so calm and patient with me, letting me look at him at the same time, calm and patient with her, you know, and just kind of taking care of everybody and then it was like, he had more work to do or something. Oh, my gosh. I know. What's funny? Do we have funny stories we can talk about? (laughs) That's really heavy.
2: Um, Okay. Well, we don't have to get into like everybody knows your story with Chris, you know, and so I don't want this to be about that. Yeah. Google it. I mean, if you yeah. haven't seen the movie, if you haven't
0: read American <laughs> listen, Sniper
2: and American Life and...
0: Barbara Walters has nothing on you, though, <laughs> <I> because, mean- <laughs> like, you can get in the whole story, but, like, I don't tell that story to people, but you're very good at it, and, and and it is part of my story, but I will say, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, too, that it is a it becomes a part of your story, and it lives mm-hmm. in me, but I am different, and um, I know we talked earlier today about how I looked back at the gravestones, and... At the time that we put in Chris's, it was such – I felt so much pressure to try to get it perfect for him. And since we had talked about a lot of things but not a gravestone, I had no idea what to do. So mm-hmm. I ended up getting this – green was his favorite color. And I, I went to all the details to make it his favorite. And I was thinking um, a gift I could give my children because it was also really expensive is to just pay for mine, have it done, don't worry about it. If you got enough to carry when you're, when you're, somebody you love dies, right – and so I just did it all really from a very practical standpoint, and also because I wanted the children represented with him too. And so we have, you know, their hands. I love it. I and love. and I really thought about, it and I thought of in my life, what does my life stand for? And they're going to be the biggest things that, um, if you if you want to know me, you'd know my. That's I think that's the biggest and most important part of me and I don't mean it like... I I fully anticipate and expect that I am raising them to leave. Like I do not... Mm I constantly, they are, I'm not their problem, you know, not that I'm a problem, but I'm just saying like, yeah. I don't want them to be tethered to me forever just because I love them. I think I love them enough to say, I am giving you my best so that you can mm-hmm. be free. Of course, it's are the hardest job as mom, right? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, you know, so it, it really is. It's yeah.
2: The most difficult job as mom.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and you, you're so close with Hunter, so I can, I actually, I watched you, your, I have for a very long time with Hunter watched how you've navigated life with him and felt very much like you're a um, sort of a mentor in that area or a, a, what I don't know the word I'm looking for, but my um, role model, thank you, role model, <laughs> thanking myself for coming up with the word. <laughs> thank you, Taya. You're welcome, Taya. Um, because I do see that you love him so completely and then you've let him have all these experiences in life and you've you have this close school relationship and I feel like that's very similar to what I have with my kids. And yet, yes, you've, I've wa- I watched him grow up so fast, mm-hmm. right. That I remember having my son little and, and my daughter too, but like just because you had a boy and I, I was thinking, what just happened? That's going to happen to me. I'm yeah. going to turn around, you know, like it that
2: is, I mean, if you think about it, you and Chris were at our wedding yeah, and Hunter was 12.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he's 22
0: that's a heartbeat. That's crazy. I mean,
2: think about that. Like I know. it's, it is so, it happens so quickly. Yeah.
0: It's like that fiddler on the roof song where it's like turn around and she's four turn around yeah. and she's, you know, and I think because of that, I've actually appreciated because of Chris's death, because mm-hmm. I had a cousin who died young. There are a lot of because, but I really try to cherish the time that I have. And mm-hmm. I realized that it's very short and I think as parents, we can get so busy, but I've, I do feel good about that ability to to have absorbed as much as I can. And yet I still think that when they go, it was never enough, right? Yeah. It was never enough. And you can't go back in time. But I do feel like with that, going back to the, the gravestone, oh, yeah. I look at it and I think, I think it's appropriate that my name is there with a gravestone because I really feel like that person died a really painful death, but that there's a metamorphosis that happens and it's been a really good one. And I wish that I knew some of, I knew, I wish I knew a lot of what I know now, you know, back then, but I, I really liked a lot of parts, a lot of parts of that girl, right? If I was to say that's me, that girl, I liked her heart a lot and I liked her sense of humor and I feel sorry for that she had, didn't have more answers on how to do things and that she Mm -hmm. didn't um, know as much about living without fear and, and i'm also really happy for her that she at least had the opportunity to turn those tragedies of losing friends early into mm-hmm. an appreciation for every minute you know that we did have so it's a mixed bag it's really weird i feel very disconnected to that person it's very to who you disconnected were yeah before, before. Mm-hmm. i do it's weird I, I mean i it it truly yeah i so disconnected i would say it's like just it's appropriate there's a gravestone it's weird
2: Mm-hmm which totally off topic but Good. we yeah. will be buried
0: i know next very to each close other to each yeah me. i know that so right cool. across the sidewalk <laughs> I, know. <That's> so cool. <laughs> I mean in life we should have been neighbors for sure and since we are not we at least arranged it in death our bodies will be like what's up girl um, oh that gosh. is and you know that's the reason though that chris is there it was um rick Mar- perry and marcus yeah.
2: Marcus was like, "Hell no, we're not going to Arlington." He, yeah, he's a Texas
0: boy. Yeah, oh no, he was like, "Teo's is yeah. you." Know. and I was like, "Oh, I don't know, Marcus, I've never been there." And he was like, "No, no, that's like we're you know." That's yeah, where it's and happening. I'm pretty
2: sure you flew out the next day.
0: To go down to
2: Austin and look at it and Governor Perry, acting governor at the time,
0: met you (laughs) at the airport. Yeah, but that's the magic of Melanie Luttrell, (laughs) though. Like, things happen that don't happen in normal people's lives when you're around you. So I was like, I said, well, I've never been there. You know, we can drive to Austin. And you're like, no, no. Like, I'll have a couple of jets waiting for you. (laughs) But, you know, it was was pretty – being there, I – and I didn't want to bury him somewhere that I hadn't felt. I think you and I are both really big feelers. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta feel right, not just look right. And it looked right online, but the feeling there is super peaceful. Yeah. It's very different than any other it's magical graveyard. Yeah. It's it's a cemetery. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And the flags that just sort of gently mm-hmm. fly in the wind and there's a little brook and it's very peaceful. So once I was there I thought, Oh yeah, this and is the, the rest place. And the people that run
2: it are so good too. So good. Like it's just it's a really good feeling all the way around.
0: Yeah. And Mel Birdwell will be there too. We're gonna have a great oh, yeah. time.
2: Yeah. I um I'm not thrilled that I had to pick out my plot by myself. Oh, um, uh-huh. Marcus was supposed to go with me, mm-hmm. and um, he decided to go hunting oh, did he? Uh, instead. So. Um, He trusts you, yeah. So, I he still hasn't seen this. So, you went by yourself by By myself. I had to go by myself because we had a um, we were under a time limit to pick it out.
0: Did it occur to you to just give a girl a holler and like maybe I could have met you down there? Um, it is a long drive, but I would have tried. This was, I don't, was it before Chris
2: died? I think it was before Chris died, yeah. Yeah, This was, it was just a weird timing, and um, anyway, I. it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. walking yeah. I think with his name's Harry That yeah. runs that um Picking like it, Oh yeah, yeah where me and my husband want to be buried. Yeah. He's not here. I'll tell him about Yeah. Him. I will tell him. I'll take a picture and send it to him. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're literally across the sidewalk. And you're on the
0: hill instead we're of flat. We're on the hill. Uh-huh. Okay. So does the head go down or up? Did you consider these things? You know, things? I thought
2: head under the tree, feet facing sidewalk.
0: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into
2: a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for
0: any role you need Okay. Yeah. So that makes you um, on an incline where yeah, your head Yeah. Like I'm is laying on the grass. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Because yeah. otherwise, there was there's a weird thing that happens. <laughs> you're like, otherwise you're on your head and then- Yeah. I don't want to be upside down. Yeah. I get vertigo. No. Right? I know. You yeah. get vertigo and plus like sinusy and just, you know, your feet will fall asleep. There's just so many things that'll yeah. happen. I know. It is funny that you think of those things though. I remember when we were, you know, getting ready to bury Chris and they don't usually put shoes on people. Did you know that? I did not know that. And I, I thought I was having a really hard time with that. And he had just gotten these brand new boots, and I was like, and he said, "Well, we don't typically do that. I think it's kind of hard to put the oh, shoes yeah, on if they're swollen or something." I think, and yeah. I just, I was like, well, I, you know, I think he, I feel like he needs his boots. Yeah, like, like what's he going to do the, the boots take or like, something? I don't know. Yeah, like you know, you don't, you know, they don't need them, but there's this weird thing that happens. And you know, the shirt that I put on him, right? I don't remember. So, you know, I just, there was so much of Chris that I just, um, I just loved how he, he taught me a lot about just you are who you are, man, like mm-hmm. whatever people think they think. And so I put him in the, you know, I tried to be very authentic to who he was. And so it was like, you know, jeans and a, pla- you know, kind of a plaid dress, but the t-shirt underneath was a white t-shirt and in black capital letters, across very small, so you'd have to kind of, look, not very small, but like, I don't know, maybe half an inch or an uh-huh. inch tall letters. It said, do I look like a fucking people person? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I put that under the shirt because I was like, you know, if we're going to have part of this open casket deal... He would oh love that. Gosh, I was like, "There's nothing that more." Is so funny. and I thought he would either like that, or for me to like, you know, position his hand and flipping people the bird when they that came would... up to look. But I was like, yeah, I should be a little more respectful." I'll do the, I'll yeah, do the since little bit. There were covert. several admirals there. Yeah, and, yeah, I didn't care about actually the admirals. He probably wanted to flip <laughs> off some of them, but it was more about the like an elderly woman, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, right. Somebody who had okay. some class and grace that maybe didn't need to be subjected to that. But I did. Like that still to this day makes me smile for him <laughs> I think he would have really liked that. But anyway, they ended up accidentally burying his boots and and I didn't know it. So oh like there was a misunderstanding. So I remember a few months later, I was looking for his boots and then I called the, I was like, called the funeral home and he's like, I said, do you know where Chris's boots are? And he's like, they're with him. I was oh like, my oh, gosh. Yeah. You're not getting okay. this
2: back. Okay. Yeah. Oh my he gosh. He must have, I mean, he
0: must have made a hat. I don't know. That is so funny. Yeah.
2: I, um, it was very hard for me. I, I can't look at people.
0: Yeah, open, um, open
2: casket. Yeah. So when we were there, um Marcus was having a very hard time yeah. that day. And so I was trying to focus on him yes. and getting him out yeah um, of the door because he was falling
0: asleep. Um
2: yeah. very uh medicated. Yeah. <laughs> um self-medicated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so
0: numbing the pain. I get it. Definitely yeah.
2: numbing the pain. Um but, uh, yeah, you know, I,
0: so this would have probably creeped you out too. I mean, I can kind of laugh about some of these things now looking back at the time. It felt very, very natural. But I was, um, you know, I wanted to be with him, of course. And I just got this sense of like, I don't I don't know. I I didn't care what it looked like. I held his hand for a long, like when we'd have meetings about stuff. Oh like, my we're going to go in the room where he is and I'm going to hold his hand while we're talking to him. So Aww. I mean, like that's weird. Is that's yeah. kind of weird. But honestly, at the time, it just felt normal. And I'm like, I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to just like, I loved his hands. And I'm not gonna miss an opportunity to hold his hand. But I just think that the people on the outside, like the grace and kindness they showed to act like that's perfectly normal and absolutely they'll accommodate like like that. Like Walt. Like <laughs> what are you doing? Well, yeah. You know what? It was like the funeral home director. Oh, the funeral and stuff. Home director he's like asking yeah. me to pick things out, and I was like, Can I just go sit with Chris while I'm picking them out? Like I don't want to just sit in here. Like he's yeah. right there. It's so weird. The mind does some. Some crazy things. And I can only imagine Chris on the other side being like, babe, like, really? <laughs> you Seriously? don't have to hold me yeah. in right You're now. Like, mm, yeah. It was, was for me, funny. not for him, though. Yeah. But totally. Yeah. I don't know. Weird stuff. There was but... a
2: lot of um, funny stories from that week.
0: Yes. Um, Tell me them because I was in, you were just the calm little uh, magical angel that was around. But I, don't I, think I
2: knew. completely shut the thought of myself off. Yes. And I just remember about day eight. <laughs> you came in. It was either you or your mom. And you're like, Mel, um, there's deodorant. In the,
0: um- <laughs> <laughs> okay. For the record, you didn't stink and you never have. That's like part of the angelic miracle of you. I'm like, you don't ever have anything like bad breath or body. But oh I remember gosh. thinking like, can we serve her in any way? Because this woman showed up in her like leggings and t-shirt. And met like every executive at the Cowboys Stadium and whatever, <laughs> and was like, "We're just going to need this." We're yeah, need I that. looked homeless. And, <laughs> I was
2: actually because it was got really cold. Yeah. and um, and you gave me one of Chris's mm-hmm. sweatshirts. Yep. so which is obviously very big for me. I'm fine yeah. too, right? So um, I'm in leggings, mm-hmm. probably UGGs or something. Yes, UGGs. I, I remember it. Yep. And one of Chris's sweatshirts, and pretty sure it looks like I had sex bedhead like <laughs> full on rats nest. Hey, everybody handles
0: their their stress differently, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> you Nobody's know, judging you for that. Well, no, it was just from not brushing my hair. Yeah, I know.
2: For multiple yeah. days. But in you a have row. your story, I
0: have mine. Okay. Right? In my story you and Marcus were getting rid of stress. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think Marcus even went home at some point and I was
0: you were just, just working, man. I was just man. working. Yeah, you were just and making so things happen. So,
2: yeah, I uh I was just doing, you know, go to A to B to blah, blah, oh, blah yeah. let's get this done. But and like, I never in a way that was looked so... in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And I'm yeah. sure all these people were like, who the fuck is this homeless chick?
0: No. no, I think everybody was like, this woman is of another <laughs> no. kind because you just were so selfless in caring for people and making sure making sure things happened with a voice like this that oh everything is fine, but like it's it's like a there's not gonna be nobody's gonna take advantage of anything when you're taught most yeah. people can't pull that off, but you pull it off into the calm, sweet voice, but nobody's going to mess with you and nobody's going to say it's not going to happen either. Yeah. Well,
2: it's true. I mean, it's true because when we were talking about like where to have yeah. it, because yeah. it was like, okay, the book was doing very well yeah. at the time and it was like, okay, do we, do you want it public? Yeah. Do you want it private
0: or whatever? Yeah.
2: And you were like, maybe the high school, yeah. the Midlothian high school. Did I say yeah. that? That's funny.
0: Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: do, And... We thought like the one of the big churches in Midlothian, yes. and um, and I'll never forget you saying, you know, Chris joked about being um going out on the star yeah. of the of Cowboy Stadium, yeah. And I'm like, well, let's do it.
0: Yeah, and I was like, seriously, <laughs> do you actually think we get really? But I, what else is funny is that like you know we had a um this this part's not funny our friend died in at Christmas right before kind of he did, but the funny part was that. We were talking. And I said, "I bet you'd want like a really small service." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Huh?" And I said, "Well, wouldn't you?" I don't know. Would you? Would you be comfortable with something big? And he goes, "I'm dead, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Yeah, blow it out." You know what I mean? Like, My gosh. yeah, because he was thinking, if I don't have to be there, yeah. you know what I mean, then yeah, go for it. Like, do whatever you you want to do. So that was also key for me because I think otherwise I wouldn't have. I would have felt maybe I wasn't following something he would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, Cowboy Stadium. were like is that weird is it disrespectful is it cool is, is it whatever is it possible is it possible <laughs> i mean yeah good i think anything's possible around you yeah. but um well it's not around me i mean it's just yeah, the situation and who he was yeah. i mean
2: people wanted to honor him
0: jones by the way for whatever people think of him or he was so lovely Mm -hmm. about all of that and to this day it really is a special thing for him and we're Mm -hmm. working on getting the medal of honor museum in not working on it it's already planned to be in arlington but they had an opportunity the guy who joe daniels who designed the 9-11 in new york memorial he was meeting with jerry and jerry still feels like this very strong patriotic connection about that time
2: everyone that worked with that organization. Been over backwards yeah and never said no yeah. to anything
0: yeah it was cool it was
2: really really cool I yeah. mean so many different people orchestrated that you yeah. know and, and had a hand in it but it was really neat to see everyone work together yeah
0: um and such a blessing by the way for me to walk away from the casket the only thing that I could do to, to walk away was to just take a minute and go okay hey, you know what your Cowboy Stadium, think about how cool this is for your mm-hmm. husband, right? That's the thing that got me because I had to switch something off of what I felt and do something of, so for me, I think, what if that was in a really somber environment? Yeah. I might not have left. They might be like, you know, still waiting for me to come right. out, like, you know? Um, so that kind of was a, a neat thing to think that in some way that would make him happy, mm-hmm. you know, or he would be impressed by that. Like, whoa, I can't believe you pulled that off. Like that kind of thing actually ended up being a pretty big blessing for me
2: yeah that was really neat i think so walt actually listens to the podcast I oh. can't say his last name but oh my God, um I love him. yeah but he, he and um, t listen yes. uh-huh.
0: so uh some of the best people in the world so major shout outs and yeah. you know he was just a huge part of that with huge. my kids yeah and like so kind and uh I'm, and I, just the
2: coordination i mean i it was for people that don't really understand um It was different because Chris wasn't killed active duty or he wasn't actively in the military. So there wasn't, you know, a Navy Keiko coming Mm -hmm. to the door. It wasn't like that. Um, But in the end, they did send Walt and he and he helped kind of be that liaison. And
0: And he was somebody that Chris loved. Yeah. And And by the way, just a side note here. This is another thing I've never told anybody else, but there are two people there. Who told me that officers typically don't carry the casket of an enlisted guy?
2: Oh my gosh!
0: And they're there, and they look like they're representative, and they have their own big podcast, and everybody thinks it's a character of a man. Can't stand the person. Didn't carry it, right? Really? But spoke, and yet somebody, you know, there are other people like the waltz of the world and the quiet other people who mm-hmm. absolutely um, were that. They're that humble, amazing warrior who That's quietly so carry.
2: Highly ranked too, mm-hmm. like. The who uh, cares ridiculous. about the military it wasn't even a military is. funeral
0: regardless right, wasn't... but by the way i've heard that's absolutely not true but yeah um, i have no idea i didn't know at the time so yeah. i was like oh okay um but but i do look at somebody like walt and t and just think those are the people that are just one in a million too two they're always mm-hmm. going to be those quiet living a good life humble best people and i think walt i i believe is the one that uh, my daughter was asking, she had the folded flag and there were the uh, bullets from the 21 gun salute in there. And she turned to him and said, are these the bullets that killed my daddy? Oh my gosh. I know. And he just bent down and was like, looked her in the eye and took her hands and he said, no honey, those are not, those are in heaven with your dad. And I mean like out of the blue, right? Oh like gosh. just, that I know, terrible. crazy. I know. And it's just like the innocence of kids, but mm-hmm. that comfort level to ask somebody yeah. that and just you so know, she
2: won't be scared of it.
0: Yeah, he was just a rock for the kids and mm-hmm. for me. And I just, I don't know that whole thing. You know, I mean, they're yeah. just they're.
2: There was a lot of horror stories from that week too. Yeah, like
0: weird, horrific stuff.
2: things that happened. Uh
0: huh. Anyway, people bring it brings out the best and the worst. It people. really does. Yeah. But
2: um, one of my favorite memories from that week since, and this is only for one or two listeners, Walton T. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's total surfer, yes, um, and like beach bum in Texas, mm-hmm. and so he's like, I have to have cowboy boots. And yes. so we went and got cowboy boots, and I still have the pictures on my phone. of Amazing. him picking out his pair of cowboy yeah, boots. Yeah, he has to have them, and it's so funny because they came and visited. Um, yeah, does he bring his boots? Yeah, and he brings okay. his boots, okay, okay, but perfect. it's just so funny because we uh, that yeah uh, sad week and yes. a week that we'll never forget had some fun memories too. and if it
0: didn't I think Chris would have been really disappointed mm-hmm. like if there weren't some he'd been to enough wakes too, where you have to be super respectful which everybody was mm-hmm. you have to have your people and care for each other and then you have to laugh I mean if you don't right like we had to laugh all the it I, there's no sense in any of it if you can't help each other blow off some steam with laughing about something especially mm-hmm. for a guy who laughed all the time and people don't know that if they didn't if they didn't know him and they just see the movie or the book, you know, it was dramatic. So we didn't talk about all the laughing stuff, but he was laughing all the time, mm-hmm. which is is pretty great. And uh, Walt's son and our son, it's funny to watch those two together, too, at Lazy J. And
2: uh-huh.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I think I might still have a – he doesn't bring a cowboy hat with him, does he? I, don't know. I think that might still be at my house because I couldn't figure out. I need to ship it to him if not. And so next time he needs to wear the hat oh and gosh, the boots. Oh my gosh, how funny. With a Hawaiian shirt, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I love them. But yeah. Their whole family. Something since then that I have personally seen in you that has been a big change. And like you say, you're not the person you were before yeah. or whatever. You're just... Not good or bad, but just a different person. I'm good. Um, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) But your faith has grown enormously. Mm -hmm. And I really admire that. I mean, it's no secret. My faith is how I get by. And I really look up to you and how you use that as your rock. Um, But not just in bad times. Like every day, you're recognizing it in good. You're recognizing it in bad. You're always praising our Lord, who's given us everything, yeah. good and bad. Yeah. And your ability to pray for somebody is beyond any of the big TV preachers. Aww. Like, you blow anybody and everybody out of the water. You might be biased, though. <laughs> and I'm not. Like, I... It doesn't matter what is going on in my life. If I send you a text and say, hey, can you pray for me, like... And I'll just say two words. And you will send this three-page text prayer that is so on point. And I only gave you two or three hint words. And it's so on point. And I really feel like God's given you that gift to pray for people. What do you think? I mean, obviously, loss has catapulted that, but what else, like who are your mentors that have helped you strengthen your faith?
0: So, you know, I find it really actually pretty interesting that I I can pray out loud like this because I didn't, I grew up saying our father, but it was more private. My dad prayed at the dinner table, but it was a very similar prayer each night. So what's interesting is I really never did pray out loud until Chris and I you know, started doing it with the kids uh, before he was killed. And It wasn't something he was very familiar with either, but I remember early on when we lived in California, there was a friend of mine who prayed with me out loud when we were on a walk and we sat down on the sidewalk and I thought, that's extraordinary. I've never experienced that, like a friend that just sat with me and prayed. I was blown away. And then my aunt did it another time at our house and I was like, this is so moving to me. I have to get out of my comfort zone and try to do this for other people. And so that's really what started it was that I was so touched and so moved in a way that I hadn't been in any other way. And so I wanted to try to do that for other people. And I've really, it's been a journey of of like pushing myself. Because I remember a couple of times I felt like this nudge, like pray. Mm -hmm. And I thought,
2: seriously, I'm going to suck. You know, I was Mm -hmm. talking to all these. um, I'm always so scared I'm going to say something
0: stupid. Yes, right? And I remember saying it, but this is what what I found is I did it to a group of police officers that were, they were at a, they weren't in uniform, so it was a, off duty conference or something like that. And I knew I wasn't in a place to do it, but I felt that urge. And so I said, guys, if you'll just indulge me, I just want to pray over you. It's just my faith. And if you don't mind. And I stumbled through it, but I said, look, I know I'm stumbling, but I'm just, I hope you hear my heart. Right. And so that's kind of the way I did it. And they, I got a, a lot of good feedback from people even though it wasn't like a great eloquent prayer and I knew going in, it wasn't going to be, but I just felt the urge to do it. And what I found is that people are so kind about it because they know that it takes courage mm-hmm. to pray out loud. I mean, and I find the more conversational, the better. And even if it's like, there are times where I'm praying and I go, God, I know I don't know even what I'm trying to say, but I'm just asking the Holy spirit to translate. Cause you know, my heart, you know, I just think you have to give yourself freedom to not have it all figured out.
2: Yeah. Well, you do it very well. Thank you. Is there any preachers or anybody that you kind of look up to or?
0: You know, it's a, okay. There. Yes. I, I never, I really, I guess I'm, I'm listening to myself a little bit. I think I'm just like anti-establishment independent mm-hmm. do rebellious sort of weird that way. So I never really followed what other people followed. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd go to small people, small churches where I just loved the, you know, mm-hmm. pastor or whatever. But When I was painting my old house, getting it ready to sell, I got an audio book by Billy Graham called Leading with Love. And some of the things he said in there were so poignant. And one of the things he said that I absolutely loved is he talked to a group of guys that he was starting out with. And he said, what are the main pitfalls for people who are evangelists? Mm -hmm. And they said it was sex, money, power, and he just decided, okay, if those are the problems, how are we going to avoid and just make sure we, we're not even tempted? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I loved is that he, I think he knew he could trust himself, but he also knew that evil is evil and it tempts all of us at times, and so how could he just remove the temptation? And so they did things, they wouldn't even accept money at all. It didn't go in their hands. It went to an mm-hmm. accountant. And I, I just loved some of those ways that he attacked life on a realistic level, And one of the things I loved is in his his older years, too, he was um, failing in health a little bit. And some of his board members were like, we're independently wealthy. We're not going to take money from any privately, our private funds. We want to get you a corporate jet to fly on. And he thought about it overnight. And he said, you know, I just don't think that that's going to look right to people or that people are going to think that we did this the right way, even if we did. So I'm going to go ahead and just fly commercial. And I thought you know, that takes some discipline. If you're not feeling good, you've lived a good life. You've given to a lot of people to say, you know, and, and okay, that's another thing. I also, I have to live a life where I don't care what people say about me. Mm-hmm. And I know he had a different experience, but the other thing that, um, I liked is he said, if somebody really had an issue with him, was a big time critic, that can be pretty painful. Mm-hmm. He would ask them to sit down and talk. And he would just talk with them, and I think that takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. But he would leave where he got most of the time a really positive. He would turn a critic into a, sort of a, a friend. A friend. Yeah. Have you
2: seen the movie about? Um, I forget what they call it, but it's the Mister Rogers movie. No,
0: but I've heard it's amazing. It's I need same to see thing. that. It is.
2: He's taking a journalist that was wanting to write kind of a hit, you know, Mister Rogers yep. bullshit type person. Yeah. Um, he wanted to write a hit piece, and he was like, "Well, if you're going to write something about me, you have to get. We have to spend time together." Oh, and he would stall, and so every time they would, I mean, I'm. Spoiler alert! Like I'm okay. telling this whole movie. Okay, but... yeah. I well now maybe I'll watch it more because you're a
0: good storyteller. <laughs>
2: but um, anyway, I'm not gonna. Pretty much the whole movie is him stalling and getting to know this journalist, and the journalist oh. getting to see his heart. Yeah, and even as bad as he wanted to write, not that he wanted to write something bad about him. He just didn't, he, the journalist truly didn't believe someone could be so good.
0: Yeah. You know, isn't that interesting? Because if you are a good person and if you're trying to do the right thing, I think Mm -hmm. there's a a spiritual attack that comes on it, but I also think just people, right? Yeah. And they come to it with their own reasons that probably have nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. But I have I have looked at that and thought, okay, so why wouldn't I? Because there have been times where I'm like, why don't I just call this person and talk to them? One is I think you have to be choosy, right? They have to be interested Mm -hmm. in hearing you too. And if they're not, there's no point in it. You can't talk to somebody who has no curiosity. But the other thing is when you go, how do you not see my heart, right? Like you can look at people and go, you've known, but how? And I think sometimes it isn't about your heart. They truly aren't looking at you at all. Yeah, it's about whatever they need to do.
2: I've had to learn that the hard way over the last, I mean, 10 years being with Marcus is I, because I try to look at everybody with a a clear slate, but there are some people out there that have this pre- disposition like they're they they want to think of you a certain way yeah. maybe they heard something you said and they took it wrong yeah. or whatever it is yeah and they want to prove that you're a bad person right because of that and yeah. it's like people yeah get off your high horse you don't have to you don't have to be haters no you don't like live your own life yeah why sit there and and try to bring someone else down yeah. so hard, and live your life for it. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody that actively does that to Marcus, and it's it, which in turn does it to me, and it um, it's very hurtful. And I know that you have the you have it tenfold. But
0: well, yeah, but it is. But you know, the good news, the the blessing in it, right? Because it, it's extraordinarily painful, especially the closer you get. And if people are even lying, you know, there are people that said Chris and I weren't living under the same roof when he died. And I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you even? You know, I mean, number one, there are so many people. I mean, we were going out to dinner with people that night. I mean, you know say i We have yeah. a lot of neighbors. It's not like. Yeah. But, but the other thing is I thought, okay, there is a need that they have to put their feelings into anger. Because when you can be angry, you don't have to feel hurt. Mm-hmm. And so they obviously have a hurt that they're not willing to address. And so they put it on you. And it really does say more about them than you. It is hard when you're the recipient or when they're telling other people. But then I have to think, well, the people that are listening are, if they're embracing that, they're those people that are always going to embrace it. You are really good about, I mean, I'm, I I could be skeptical about some people and you're really good about saying, yeah, but I mean, we just talked about somebody before the show and it was like, you know, I kind of seen and heard this and I just don't know. And your, your point was, but they're just a phenomenal parent. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that would get me too. Like I would be <laughs> like, okay, we're in. Yep, great, you know. Because none of us are perfect at the end of the day. Right. And all of us can take one part of somebody's life and twist it. Like I feel like there's a fabulous novel that we should write or somebody should write that's mm-hmm. about a story, you know, and I know there are some of these, but seen from 10 different Mm-mm. lenses. it They yeah. could be 10 different stories if you wanted them to be. Right. You know, so it's just I think there comes a point where we just go – There's an overriding arc to what you see from somebody and you just give them credit for that. There's no reason to nitpick really. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. That's a good point.
0: And the truth comes out. I will say this. People who are mean and hateful, Mm -hmm. there might be a group of people who believe those haters at first, Mm -hmm. but if they're around them long enough, it'll eventually turn on them or they'll see it on so many people that go, oh, you know what? Probably none of it was true because they say that about a lot of people. Anyway, yeah. That's true.
2: I just have to block it out of my mind. Yeah, because it I takes get,
0: years for people to figure it out, usually. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. and I get so emotionally invested. I, yeah. I, like, I don't do stress well, yeah. and um, it affects my health. Yeah. So yeah. if I get stressed out, I get physically
0: ill yeah,
2: and um i, have I to kind just, of had
0: to smile a little bit though because i was like Do you handle everybody else's stress like you're well that's the
2: problem is magic. i absorb yeah. other yeah. like if someone's hating on it like i'll feel that yeah. hate yeah. like i'm not i for whatever reason i don't know why god gave me this but yeah. i can feel other people's feelings yes yep and that's why i have to be very picky about who i have yep. around me yeah because i i can't handle Anger like that, yeah. I can't handle pain very yeah. well. Unless it's a pain from, you know, like what I can't handle. Child well. dying, your friend's yes. husband you know, dying, stuff, stuff like of that. Pain. I yeah. I feel like God gave me a gift of comfort. Yeah, for sure. And I want to be there to comfort if I can. If right. I'm not helping, then I will remove right. myself from that situation. That's right. Yep. But if I can help, I want to be there right. to help. One of your posts that you made that is one of the most impactful things that I've ever read is your seven-year post, mm-hmm. and how you had given yourself um, seven years to yeah. basically like figure it out and cope, and yeah. and you would feel like you would feel some sort of healing at that point.
0: Yeah,
2: and you've reached that seven years where now that it's seven years. Plus twenty six days. Good. That's awesome. That's
0: really good. <laughs> like what year? Oh, twenty five days.
2: Yeah. What? How do you feel now? And what do you feel like the next seven years will be?
0: That's a great question. So, I feel now. Um, it's interesting because I, I know I'll be a lifelong learner. That's just how I am, and I like to develop. But the seven year with respect to Chris was huge for me, and I think it released some of that. Pressure for me. But then the other side of me says, Yeah, at the same time, there are things that I'm sure people will find out at some point later down the line that are still like these attacks that come in that I'm dealing with. And I think, okay, so that part of my life hasn't changed, but I've changed in the way that it doesn't have to define me or take me out of the game, right? It might for a few days, it might for a week or two, sometimes, depending on how big the hits are. But I've been able to figure out this ability to say, I'll heal in time. God will heal me in time and these things. So it doesn't really matter that much. So I am in a weird place right now because I'm overloaded with work and projects and I haven't quite figured out where to make my balances. And I think, how did I get to this place again? Because I'm feeling that mountain of stress that I felt back after Chris was killed, not grief wise, but I would say like, you know, two or three years in where I, I wasn't managing things as well as I want. So that's a repeated thing. I'm not managing things as well as I wanted, but it's a week instead of. A year, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm going, okay, I recognize this. I know how to do this. I just need to take a break. I need to, you know, reorganize. And so I think it's interesting to me that you asked that today because I would have probably said a few weeks ago, I'm amazing. And today I'm like, oh, I'm always going to be some part of me. (laughs) is going to be a mess. But I I do feel pretty good about the way that I know how to cope with it. And one of the primary ways to cope with it is to find some time to play, find Mm -hmm. some time to check out. And you come back 10 times more effective efficiently um in seven years so that is a a really great question because on the one hand my normal response is i've decided to not ever feel like i can predict anything anymore and that's sort of a protective mechanism a realistic mechanism that kind of thing but i look at anything my kids will be out of the house which will be really different for me and i will have a different maybe sort of freedom depending on what they're doing and you know um if... Who knows, right? They're playing sports or something, and I'm sure I'd like to go see some of their games or whatever. If they're I mean, not in college, on, you're
2: gonna want to move <laughs> to wherever they. Are. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> going to. That's the thing. If I wasn't to. married, I probably would. Have I know you would have an apartment. apartment. <laughs> oh, you
0: totally would. And you know what? And Hunter would love it, and you wouldn't be like all up in his business, but you'd just be there for him to hang out with, right? <laughs> I
2: guarantee you, he wouldn't have a boot on his leg right yeah. now from not going to the hospital on time.
0: Oh god, when you said boot, dude, I immediately thought of the um, prison anklet. I was like, oh, what gosh, the hell? No, no okay. Yes, yeah.
2: Lord. No. I don't,
0: what do they call those? They call the them ankle bracelet. Yeah, but I thought it was. Anyways, the yeah, boot no. from breaking his foot or something.
2: What did um, you do? He stepped on glass several weeks ago. Never got it taken out, and now it's so far in there. They need it to come out on its own, and oh. they put a special boot on him so he doesn't put pressure on it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, that's,
0: oh, that's wonderful
2: what are you doing yeah because you to, talk to him
0: all the time why didn't he tell you this yeah, go
2: to the doctor yeah well, I, when i saw him last week he was limping i said why are you limping he goes yeah. well a few weeks ago I'm like hunter you have to make better decisions yeah i mean <laughs> it. i love she that you're sweet. making good grades yeah. and that's the overall goal here but yeah. um you need to make better decisions for
0: yeah for your health yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's awesome <important. laughs> i know that's funny but i feel like he i remember my son was saying the other day he's like well, this is actually, like, a year ago, maybe. I don't know. But one of my friends was like, dude, you know what he sort of said to me? He goes, I know people always say that you're going to get sick of your mom. He goes, but I don't really think so. Like, I actually just like hanging out with her, like, just as a Aww. person, you know. And I was like, She's oh, that's so, so nice. I know. And so he's really good about that stuff. And, and I, I feel like my daughter and I are the same. We just didn't have the occasion to say that. And it's different sometimes with mm-hmm. – um Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I can't predict it. Was what I was going to say because I feel like I'm really close with both of them, but I want them to live their own lives. But who knows what happens? And um, I do think that I'll be in a place though where I'll like maybe I'll be able to work out more. You know what I mean? And maybe I'll be able to. uh, And I and I could make time. I don't make as much time as I want to, but I'm just saying. Like I feel they're always going to be first while I have them. They're always going to be first. And I don't mean that I self-sacrifice. I'm just saying it's the work and them, and I choose not to. I could easily go work out if I wanted to, but I usually have something – anyway, longer and involved story, but yeah.
2: Somebody asked me not too long ago how you were doing, and they said she always seems so busy, and I said that's relative because, yes, she's super busy, but she purposely takes so much time out for her children that it's perfect. Yeah
0: you know? Like yeah. It's got you, what I do. Yeah. Yeah,
2: To you, it's very busy. Yep. But to her, she's doing what she needs to do. Yeah. And to her kids, she's doing what she needs to. Like, she is managing her time how she yeah. needs to do it. And I think that that's beautiful that you can, with all of the outside noise going on, yeah. everybody pulling at you in every way that you, yeah. that they do, you're like, you put that wall up and you're yeah. like, okay, my kids are first. Yep. And foremost. Yeah. And, then I'll do other stuff.
0: It is interesting because I do – so they're at different time schedules and stuff. So, like, we do a lot of um, – it's not just one trip to to drop and pick up. And other, but I always do the the drop-offs and the pickups and everything. Um, and so during those hours when they're at school, it's like a crazed maniac trying to, like, get work stuff and, you know, just pound, you know get stuff done. Because I do, when I pick them up, not want to be doing that. And then they have sports and activities and dinner. And, you know, then I'm like, oh, my God. i is he driving? Out not yet permit but not actual oh, license yeah oh i
2: thought he was driving not yet
0: close i probably sent you a picture of him driving but it's a permit
2: is he going to drive her when he he will he can okay. he's
0: he's really good i think he's a better driver than i am already um, but but the thing is that i and that that will change things i know that'll be a cool change but i Need to sleep because sometimes it's like okay once they I really do like I still literally lay down with them before they go to sleep or whatever <laughs> you know just because we're talking about stuff yeah. I don't know and it's just different because I don't have a husband waiting for me in the bed either you know yeah. what I mean so I do that and so then by the time you know I'm up before him and I'm bed after but then I'll maybe I'll fix some other things okay so set all that aside and and let's I just learned the coolest thing enneagrams have you ever done mm-hmm. that right I. I'm not diagnosed ADD,
2: but I'm definitely ADD. Yes, and I'm I can't finish it.
0: Yeah, the test.
2: Yeah, and I like too many different things. It I only know. lets you choose one, and I'm like, no, I need a top. Okay, three. I think I
0: already know what you are then, because there's because there are, um there's one personality type on there, and it's mine, and we're afraid to commit to one because we like more. Yeah. And there's you know I can't. Yeah, so okay, I'll I'll send you a really simple fast test that I did that okay. I can focus on, but. One of the things that is true about this um number is that they so I would I adventure, new adventure, the more the better. If I'm stressed, like I just I want to focus on something fun. and so mm-hmm. or something that's interesting, or get my mind in something that interests me rather than sit in pain. Mm-hmm. right? And so that explains so much about why I've put so much on my plate since the day Chris died, and I still had to deal with the pain and I had to find the ways and the and the different you know, alternative kinds of therapies with EMDR and so as muscle release and ETTIA. And I mean, you know, mm-hmm. acupuncture, whatever, you name it, we've, we've experienced a really, um, we've had really good results with it. But I, I do realize that my, the parameters I have to put on that are to realize that that's going to be my tendency. And so I need to shut it off and be mm-hmm. healthy I can shut it off for my kids, but I have to even after that shut it off for me to be healthy, right? So I was just... Because
2: if you're giving too much of yourself, it's not going to be healthy. Right, because I do a
0: lot for free. That's actually the biggest thing is that my heart says, so I run the foundation for free and then I'll do speaking stuff sometimes for free. I try not to do too much of that because if they're usually not... during, Yeah, because it's usually not during the time that they're... In that's school. the biggest
2: thing I try to explain to people is if if you or yep. if it's Marcus whoever is taking time and I know that it's going to bless your organization yes. yes but it's
0: taking away from his or family. her family mm-hmm. it is it's there I heard it said so well one time and they said every yes I give you is a no I give my family yeah and I was like ooh that's like, that makes it very succinct yeah. and clear but I yeah so I think that's the the thing I I'm wondering about and I have to pay attention to is my heart will always say help. And so I sometimes will plan so much of that because I'll look at the calendar and go, Oh, I could fit that in there. Forgetting that I've committed to write a book and do a jewelry line and do all of these other things. And then all of a sudden when those times come, I'm like, you know, ready to get pressure. Yeah. Crack because I just didn't, I didn't do it well enough. So, I, I do like to have a lot of things going at once so that kind of A D D creative mm-hmm. side can go, Oh, I've got I a little like to adventure call it here. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so fun tip. Do you know it's physiologically not possible? Really? To multitask? Your brain cannot do two things at once, which is why burn victims, they're putting like these really elaborate games on in in goggles because the brain can't do two things at once. It can't even feel the pain, but it has to be so elaborate that it sucks them in enough to kind of. So, what we're doing is we're bouncing back and forth. So, like if I'm talking to you and I'm kind of paying attention to the dog on the floor, right? My brain's actually bouncing back and forth. So, the more we multitask, the more ADD we get because we're training our brain to do it more. Yeah, that's not but good. the more ADD you are, the more you multitask, <laughs> and so it's like a very vicious I cycle. I pride
2: myself on being a professional multitasker. You are, but
0: you're brilliant at it, right? So, the, so, but if you realize you're tired at the end of the day, one of the things you can try, and I, I try it sometimes, is you'll have to leave your phone in another room. You have to leave it in another room and then say, okay, I'm gonna focus on this for 20 minutes and set a timer and see if you can do it. You probably feel like you're gonna lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'd feel like you're missing something. I check
2: my emails when I go to bed. Yeah. And I check my emails when I wake up. Uh And for some reason, there are always emails when I go to bed. Of course there are. I wake up and I wake up before the sun rises. Yeah,
0: that's because you also (laughs) have a million things. And also a million people to help. Like if somebody says, Melanie, can you help us? You're like, yes. When? Who knows? I'll just get, you know, I'll just get it done. You're good at emails, though. Um, emails and voicemails I suck at. And I just left a new voice recording on my voicemails It said, full disclosure, I suck at getting back to people on voicemail. Leave one if you want, but if you really want to oh, get a hold of funny. me, text me. Like,
2: I need to do that.
0: Well, I just was like, I feel bad for people because I'm really bad about emails. And they probably think I'm in voicemails. but
2: I always check emails, but I never check voicemails. Yeah. Don't even leave a voicemail for me. Okay, there's
0: so a meme them. that you need to do. It, it says like... Um, hi, it's Melanie. I haven't checked my voicemail since 2005. Right. <laughs> no, That's probably your, yeah. <laughs> since a flip phone. Yeah, so exactly. Go ahead mm-hmm. and. Yeah. yeah leave one if you me. want, but I'll never get it. Oh so. my gosh. I know. It's fun.
2: Well, I could talk to you all day long.
0: I know. I could talk to you all day long, too.
2: Is there anything you want to talk about that you have going on, your jewelry or anything?
0: Yeah. I mean, so we do. We're, we're pretty excited about it. And I'll I'll let you know when it comes out. But it's a faith-based jewelry line. And I have a faith-based children's book coming. I don't know. I mean, you know, like you said, I'm doing a lot. So if people want to find out, they could go on Instagram or something and find me there. And I'll try to keep people updated. But I'm hoping that some of these projects that will be paying gigs will be like yeah. start kicking in along with the other stuff. But, um, yeah, I I mean, honestly, even those, we're always giving percentages away. And, I mean, I feel good about it, and I think that's important. I know you you guys do the same thing. But, yeah, I don't really think so. Although I kind of feel like I want to interview you. Having said that, (laughs) Andrew's like, we've been here in an hour and a half. We won't. Okay, but what's your craziest fashion trend? Me? Yeah, that you've done.
2: Oh, gosh. I'm anti-fashion. Mm-hmm.
0: But you always look fashionable. So
2: I've always been the bum. Okay, but
0: you're fierce with your shoes. Your shoe collection is...
2: Yeah, I am. But a lot of it is... When Marcus and I first met, he didn't know yeah. what to buy me. Yeah. And he only bought me shoes. Really? For years. Like stilettos?
0: Yeah. Oh my God, that's Never hilarious. Worn them. <laughs> that's hilarious. Never I didn't know them. that.
2: I hate stilettos. Well, I know. I
0: mean, I've seen you at some events wearing them, but the funny thing is, I've seen your closet with them in there. Oh and it's my gosh, like, my
2: closet is, is fabulous. Yes. Okay. It's not a good representation of me. Right.
0: I, I know, but I figured you Which go is to why some-
2: I have a really badass Poshmark.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to teach me how to do that. Actually, I do need to know how to do that. Is there like a handle for you on that?
2: I don't even know what it is. It's not my name, um, but I'm addicted to Poshmark. Awesome. I'm I'm really, I like a bargain. Oh, yeah. And I like being able to make money. You know, yeah. I feel like yeah. we've, especially us in like the, the community that we're in, we're always expected, like you just said, you know, we're, we're always giving percentage back. We, yeah. It is expected of us yeah. to work for free.
0: I know, which is weird. Which we, really yeah, sucks yeah. because <laughs>
2: before I met Marcus, I was never expected to work
0: <laughs> for free. For free, yes, yeah, so you were allowed to make a living. But yeah. then
2: I, you know, I married him, and everyone expects him to work for yeah. free because he suffered.
0: Yeah. And that's really... It's backward.
2: I'm a business person, and I come from a business family. Strong business family, yeah. So
0: I don't understand that. No. And you know what's interesting? This is good for you to know, too. It says in the Bible, pay the workman what the workman is due. Yeah. And so if that helps you at all, it's biblical that we are not expected to work for free. We can do a lot of stuff for free and for good, of course, right. but that shouldn't be the expectation that we are, so anybody is supposed to, you know, it's nice. We can right. do it once in a while, but it shouldn't be the norm. Really. Well, and
2: I do do a lot of things. I know for you free. Do. You I mean, shit, I don't get stuff. paid. I'm not getting paid right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, okay, fine. <laughs> Jesus, I'll pay you, Melanie. No, I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't do any of this. Oh, you never you do stuff. more
0: for people than anybody would ever imagine. Like, but I
2: do, f- when I see other people yeah. working for free, yeah, it, it makes me mad because yeah. I'm like they are worth. Yes. Money. Their time. I'm not saying they're they need to be millionaires yeah, or whatever. I'm just saying if you go and spend 5 hours doing yeah. something, you're going to expect to get paid for that yeah. 5 hours. Why would you expect someone who suffered Yeah. and that you want them to share their trauma? Yeah. To do it for free, yeah,
0: because you do get emotionally wasted yeah. after you share your trauma. I again. just, yeah. I
2: don't, I have a very hard time with that. Um,
0: That's but, because you see outside of yourself. Well, yeah, yeah, and
2: I, and I think it is because I come from a family that that creates businesses, and right. I like, I have a day job, people. Yeah, exactly. I actually have a day job, yeah. and, yeah, <laughs> and I, know. I
0: get paid for that day job. Yeah, but. Um, i but there's value you've seen how they are able to to accumulate you know right. wealth and make smart business decisions because it's business like their right. decisions it's a it's a, a non-emotional contractual right. exchange that makes sense and so why is that not the truth over here right, right? i think that's the i have point. a hard
2: time with that with military it's very expected with military um people especially that have suffered, whether it's physical trauma yeah, I know,
0: it's weird. or
2: emotional trauma. I mean, and they didn't
0: get paid a lot in the military either, by the way. Fuck no. <laughs> Yeah, so and
2: I mean I sorry, I cuss too much, but um
0: I think you really didn't cuss that much, unless it's just because I <laughs> cuss a lot. I don't know. <laughs>
2: um but I mean with we have the Team Never Quit Speakers Bureau. I mean, you obviously know that. Um yeah. but for the listeners out there. We get so many requests for Taya, for Chad Fleming, for different people to leave their home, to go to another state, spend the night, and go spend time with people for free.
0: Yeah. I know. I know.
2: Just think about that. Yeah. If you're the one asking, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just saying, think about it. Yeah. Think about what you're asking.
0: Because a lot of people don't like to travel an overnight or two nights is a big deal yeah. for a lot And they're people. like, yeah. oh, it's
2: just one night. And they'll have fun. We're going to make it fun for them. No, it's actually... It's work. It's work. And yeah. their, their child that's yeah, home that's the with a sitter mm-hmm. doesn't think that that's fun. That's true. So it's... That's something I've never addressed publicly, but I Maybe do a have a do resentment yeah. um for. So I'm just gonna let that out. Here it is. And yeah, yeah and show you <laughs> that that's I I do hold that resentment to um people and I know people don't think about it. And that's yeah. I guess why I want to address it. Yeah. Because it is something that people need to realize before they not only ask but sometimes get mad at the answer no yeah
0: the mad part is yeah like don't get don't get mad yeah like i won't be mad at you if you don't volunteer at my next event right like if you if i'm gonna ask you to take off of
2: work and yeah Come help me with my garden. I'm not going to get pissed if you say no. Do you know I would die? Like that's
0: the other thing. When my kids are in college, we are gardening.
2: Like you, I have a million things that I I want to do for me. I know, and one of that is this big like outdoor lifestyle brand of um, I would love to be able to harvest my own tea and do that line. It's it's still in my head. I really want to do it, but I want to do it under this one big brand. Okay, I just.
0: One day. It's good. It. I know it's like, like all the pieces are kind yeah. of like it's like you're at what is that Plinko or whatever where it mm-hmm. goes like this. I feel like sometimes that's life. Like they're still coming down the mm-hmm. pike and they're gonna settle and then it's gonna be like Yeah. yeah. One day. Watch out. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. And I saw the chapel pulling in and I was like, You might have something like that going one day. My too. gosh,
2: one day if I could get that, they just want so much money for it and I can't afford it. But well one day. One day. <laughs> one day or you can build your own, you know what I mean? So my therapy is Gardening. Me too. Yep. Or traveling, which me too. With kids, it's so hard. You right. have to work around their schedules. Yeah. But, so gardening is my thing. So we'll
0: garden and travel.
2: But speaking of therapy, yeah. and I think this will be helpful for other okay. people. I've met your therapist. Yeah. And I love her yes. so much. Do you want to share that like method at all?
0: You're talking about Lana? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So um E T T I A is what it is, like Echo Tango, Tango. What's the I? I don't know. Igloo? igloo well, sure let's go with like that <laughs> a alpha <laughs> whatever that is i um i usually it's so funny i'm like t like tom i mean i don't know the military yeah pretty g impressive. like god yeah exactly. <laughs> god, that's so F F like faith <laughs> yeah <laughs> j like jesus um so uh yeah anyway it's it's pretty it's really cool stuff but it's all sort of brain pathway stuff and so instead of having to talk about your trauma which just has you relive it and relive it you use your eye movements and for hers, that E-T-T-I-A, it's an organization. You can look for your zip code. But you look at different colors and they expand and contract. And it ident- it's a diagnostic tool to what emotion is actually causing you the most pain. And I just find the way that our brains are – it's all scientific-based. It's You can look at brain mapping and figure it out. It's the coolest stuff. And it's so non-threatening. It's just mm-hmm. you're looking at colors in different ways and – your eyes will do the work. They'll expand them or contract them and tell you what your problem is. And it's so it's, I just, I freaking love that stuff, but she moved to Austin. Oh, she did. Mm -hmm. So you gotta go to Austin to see her. Every once in a while she comes back to my area, but.
2: Well, awesome. Thanks for spending the day with us. Thank you for having me and bringing
0: me down to Houston. Yeah. Andrew. All right. That's a wrap.
1: Hey guys, we know that uncertainty comes in many forms in military life, unexpected changes in duty stations, sudden deployments, And we've all faced tough challenges individually, but right now we're actually facing some together. Navy Federal Credit Union knows their members are going to face these times head on. And at Navy Federal Credit Union, they want you to know that they have your back. Because uncertain times call for reliable service, and no matter what, they remain committed to serving all of their members all of the time which means their branches are going to remain open as long as possible, and the safety of their members, employees, and communities will always be their first priority. You'll be able to get in touch with their world-class member service. Whether you're on a ship or shore, at home or abroad, they'll have their customers back like they have for 87 years in good times and in bad. That's why they've been named one of the best military credit unions by U.S. News and World Report. They serve active duty veterans and their families, and at Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission insured by ncua all right guys it is time for a listener story you guys share your stories on the website we read them and it's awesome let's jump into this week's which is written in by brian his story is titled my experience strength and hope through 24 years as a firefighter and paramedic i've been wanting to do this for quite some time but didn't have the guts well that's my nickname I want to first tell you how grateful I am for all of the Team Never Quit and your podcast. You have played a huge part in me becoming the man I am today. I've been a full-time firefighter and paramedic since July 3rd, 1995, and I was also in the crash and salvage crew on the USS Forrestal from 88 to 90. I've had a career of seeing and experiencing many awful things over the years, but I'm just focusing on three events. In 2001, on Father's Day, 10 minutes after my 6-year-old daughter left the station, I had to respond to and treat a seven-year-old girl whose mother murdered her by suffocating her with a pillow. Fast forward to 2013. I was involved in a shooting where the shooter was waiting in the woods for us. He was shot, but lived, by police department, and fortunately the rifle jammed due to wrong ammo when he pointed it my way while squeezing the trigger. I, along with many other first responders, are very good at helping others, but speaking for myself, I have always sucked at helping myself. There were many, many other bad calls, along with two divorces and a tornadic path of destruction left behind me. My only tool I knew to turn the volume down on my life was alcohol. Then I tore my rotator cuff in 2015 after battling with a confused combative head injury patient. Due to the four anchors I needed to repair it, I was going to be out of work for six months, and I began fine-tuning the skills for my one tool. I always was treading water with the PTS booze before this, but it was more like trying to push a beach ball underwater. I began to rapidly become even more hollowed until I hit my bottom and surrendered on December 1st, 2017. I immersed myself in AA, began having a relationship with God again, and the journey to rediscover myself had begun. I'm blessed to have found this podcast in those early dark days because you all have given me strength beyond words. I've been sober over two years now and am very involved in my program. I'm also very involved on a CISM team and am very involved in peer support. I've found a new passion in trying to help veterans in my field. Any and all advice is encouraged, and we'll continue to learn more. Most of all, I will never quit, and thank you for all you do. There is so much more to my story, but thank you for the ability to share a fraction of it. Be safe and be well, Brian. Oh, man, that was, a, that was a great interview, and uh, I'm not a crier normally, Normally is the key word there because this interview was was really really powerful.
2: I Feel like I'm setting this pattern of very sad,
1: yeah, what the heck like
2: emotional interviews, and that's not my goal at all. But I know, but I I don't know. I just I'm a total empath, and when I can see someone's feelings, I just I cry. So I'm sorry for everybody listening <laughs> that all of my interviews that I've done have been extremely emotional, or at least I've gotten extremely emotional in them. Um, so everybody can pretty much call me a big wimp, probably true, but, uh, yeah, that was super powerful. You definitely get a glimpse of Taya in a more intimate way, a behind the scenes way, because normally, like you said earlier, she, she does an incredible job speaking. She's been on the Patriot tour with us for years since it started and she's a very powerful speaker but you never get that like emotion the raw emotion out of her speeches so
1: yeah not like not like this interview yeah uh,
2: yeah like this interview is just really good and she gets super raw and uh I love it
1: yeah thank Taya thanks again for sharing your story with us we love you we can't wait to be able to see you again Because we miss human interaction. You know.
2: (laughs) I know. But I love Taya's post. I mean, if you don't follow Taya on social media, please go follow her pages. She's such an inspiration on social media and she just pours her heart out. And it's just, it's really cool to see how she uses that platform.
1: Yeah. Well, if you loved this episode, please do yourself a favor, do us a favor share the episode with a friend. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday. And uh, we love that you guys listen and follow the show. It, it really helps us out a lot. It means a lot to us that our stories and the stories that we share make an impact in your life. Uh, make sure you subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, any other major podcast player. If you want to follow us on social media, you can check us out at team underscore never quit. Can't wait to come back with another episode. We will see you guys next week.
2: See ya.